on patrol in Alaska. Helping them through the winter is more than a job. It's a life. And that's the only way you'd have it. Because you know you only go around once. And you've got to do it with gusto. Street food in Alaska behind door number one, two, or three. Door number one. It's Pizza Olympia. Pizza Olympia has a super selection of great dinners and food. What's new in store for you this holiday season at the Fifth Avenue Mall? Something crystal, something glass. Now, what kind of benefits have you seen? The slab. <laughs> so if you like a great workout, come on down to the hip-hop club. You'll have a great time. Alaskan King Crab from Glacier Bay and the great taste of old Milwaukee beer. There's nothing like When it comes to the care of Alaska's lawns and gardens, nobody knows more than Man Lizer, horticulturist, TV personality, and owner of the Alaska. So how do you like our new house? Oh, it's wonderful. But how did you ever get Martin away from the television and go look for houses? I didn't have to. Well, then how did you find this house? From Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Romy McCowan. This is Zoom Room, a youth-produced podcast where we zoom into a different theme or topic through interviews and conversations relevant to us, the youth of Alaska. In this episode, we're looking back on an aspect of Alaska's history that isn't often revisited, but lives on in the hearts of many who grew up here, television commercials. David Reamer normally spends his time writing a weekly column in the Anchorage Daily News about the history of Alaska. He also co-authored the book Black Lives in Alaska, a history of African Americans in the far Northwest. But recently, he's been spending his free time finding and compiling old local commercials from across the state. He posts them on his social media accounts and his YouTube channel. The collection he's put together features ads dating back to the 70s and includes everything from beer commercials, car dealerships, politicians, and Alaska's many local celebrities. Atme producer Madison Knutson spoke with Reamer about these artifacts, what they tell us about the history of Alaska, and how the state has been perceived by the lower 48. You know, you've been posting all of these commercials that range from like a decade ago to back to the early 70s. So what prompted you to start digging up all of these uh, commercials? I can't overstate it. They're just fun. They're nifty little windows seeing like how how consistent some things are, how they were trying to sell these things. In the course of my research, I'm looking into very harsh topics, uh, racism, murders, and commercials are a palate cleanser. I'm, I'm never sad after watching one of these silly little commercials, you know, that were made on like a $5 budget <laughs> or trying to sell Alaska as nothing but ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel. If I'm like feeling down, I, I love to look up like the Halloween commercials from like the 80s because they're so fun um, just oh, yeah. to see like the time. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't help. I can't skip a new commercial on YouTube fast enough, but I could watch huge blocks of old commercials. Yeah, it's that's crazy how like the kind of nostalgia in a way sort of motivates us to watch those commercials. Um, was there a specific commercial that got kind of this whole uh, thing going? It built slowly. I don't know what the first one was that I posted that got any attention. And then I just... I started growing, these things are scattered everywhere. Most of them, even the most famous commercials that people remember, 
they end up getting deleted. Like the local commercials, like big commercials, fine. You can find Doritos commercials or Coke commercials from whenever, but little local Anchorage or Fairbase commercials, those things got taped over. The companies are gone. The people who did them are dead. So they tend to just disappear. So I started just saving them in one place. It might have been the wild about Anchorage. Ah, uh, okay. Um, the big tourist campaign of the early 80s. Well, I mean, they kept playing it for many, many years after that. Wild! Wild about Anchorage. Nothing can change my mind. That one was like one of the ones I saw that I, I kind of recognized. Yeah, they still use the, at least the mascots I've seen. Oh, yes. More. The tourism. Yeah, they, they still use them. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of where they came from. Um, and then how much time do you usually spend looking for these commercials? It varies. It comes in spurts whenever I have free time. Um, one way a lot of these get found is people have you know, recorded things on VHS back in the day and then just uploaded like a whole. And like I have one saved in my computer right now. It's an eight hour block of someone just set their VCR, which were already decades in the past, to record some daytime movies and and just fast forwarding through it to try and find like well what commercials happened to get caught in the middle you know, like there was a cal worthington ford or something like that that got stuck most of them are in unnamed national commercials but and a lot of that time is just fruitless just i mean this is goes for all historical research it's amount of surprising amount of time surprising amount of, like the questions i'm looking into goes nowhere now i'll have to end up spent a day digging through pdfs and books and google searching to have like nothing and it's the same way with commercials you're searching key terms you're searching alaska you're searching commercial you're searching companies but the hours will drift away without having to find anything so it's always a joy when i find some random one that was tucked away under a terrible name that never gets found under a normal search or buried in a block of um you know that was stuck on a VHS tape for decades before someone had the wild idea to put it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I was wondering where, which like medium do you usually find commercials on like VHS or like online more? Online for me, um, I haven't had a lot of luck of finding VHS tapes like in town. I always have that luck. I'm just going to find like somebody dumped a whole bunch of VHS or weird local punk rock acts from like the 90s or something at the thrift store and I never look into those. Um, also looking through a lot of archives. Um, University of Alaska Fairbanks has a video archive and going through their block of recordings. Um, they have a lot of things from old KTVA, things like that, going through and seeing what random things got caught in the recording. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's often not as easy as just searching for a commercial. It's a lot of here's a program. Let me see if they included the commercial breaks and then spend my time going through it and watching to see if the actual anything of interest in there. Yeah, that's something that's so interesting about like lost media and then like um, kind of curating it for historical value. Like you, it's kind of happenstance at some point. People ask me for all these commercials that are just, I mean, I hope they turn up, but they're, that's the, exactly the right term, lost media. They want, there's this madman in the 80s Anchorage named Mafia Mike, uh, who, who ran for mayor 
with the campaign promise that he was going to legalize gambling. Oh. His campaign pin said Mafia Mike. Very Italian. But then he got put in charge of the um, St. Patrick's Day Parade, which we used to have a St. Patrick's Day Parade until they put an Italian man named Mafia Mike in charge of it. But he had a bunch of crazy commercials, as you would expect from all of that. And I can't find a, a hint of them. Wow. It's late 1980s. His business crashed soon after that. I've talked to people at some of the networks. That stuff got thrown out or reused. The tapes were reused. And is that like something you're kind of actively trying? I mean, you, you said you kind of you're looking for that one. But is that like a goal of yours with this is maybe to get Mafia Mike onto the playlist? That That is there are a few like that. There was a um, no frilled furniture that old timers swear by. Um, I, I don't have this memory. I'm not as old as some of the people. Um, but no frills, Mafia Mike, they come up a lot. For a while, one of my goals was finding the complete Mongolian barbecue. Ah, uh, yeah. Because uh, there, there was a short version. It didn't have the, ne the right next verse. And um, I knew a guy in radio, and he had the complete audio, at least. I was able to put that together and throw that online. Wow. So it's kind of you're, you're um, curating stuff, but then you're also kind of filling in gaps as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, things like the Northway Mall, which a dead mall would be great, but who saved commercials of the dead mall? Yeah. So you're not originally from Alaska. So how do you think these commercials contribute to your understanding of Alaska and Alaskans? <laughs> um, the fun thing is the national commercials are really fun because they they really show what people thought of Alaska. All these commercials, um, I see these advertisements going back to the 19th century and it's like buy Jell-O because Jell-O can survive in Alaska literally is a is an old print advertisement I came across. Um, our Caterpillar tractors in 1920 can survive Alaska. They can survive here. 1970s, they had Muhammad Ali up here to film a commercial because Ford can survive in Alaska. It's all just the far, far majority of these commercials were preaching the harsh, nothing but ice and storm, Antarctica looking vision of Alaska that, um, you know, you run into everywhere. The, I, and all of the commercials tended to be just that they could survive in Alaska, therefore they were of value. The local commercials are fun in the other way because they're as varied as Alaskans actually are. You know, it is the mattress ranch guy dancing. You know, we all need to go buy mattresses. Those aren't being sold on some idea that they can survive minus 40 degrees and sleep, you know, comfortably. It's actually just normal commercial just happened to be sold by a um, colorful individual. You know, the pizza commercials just happened to be sold by a colorful individual. Otherwise, they're just pizza commercials, just normal people who wanted pizza amongst everything else. 
yeah, that's that's definitely what I've seen. I I especially think of the A and W commercial that you posted on the playlist, where this guy's just like needs to get his A and W. He needs to like snowshoe like how many miles in like yeah. the like frozen wilderness. Yeah, that one was crazy. A and W root beer. When you want one, you want one. And you know, people elsewhere thought that's what all Alaska is like. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, have like people on social media sent you any like memorable commercials? Um, they'll share links, but, and just, a few of those have really panned out. Otherwise, not so much, mostly just requests. You're just like, I need, I need Mafia Mike. I need him in my life. People want Mafia Mike commercials. So, um, he is just one of those, if you live there, you would know him. Just, you know, like now mattress ranch guy. Fine. Late 80s, Mafia Mike. Yes. Like the older Cal Worthington commercials. Um, they want to see his dog spot. It's it's what you saw repeated over and over on the fewer channels they had back then. You just couldn't escape it. And that is a massive touchstone for these for anyone who lived through it. Mm-hmm. Have you had any like memorable interactions on social media, like putting out these commercials? Um, there was one where I think she was embarrassed because I think it turned because someone recognized someone in a commercial. Oh no! <laughs> Only lightly embarrassed. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> it was something they had done as a kid, where they were mimicking. She was mimicking the um, mattress ranch guy <laughs> in Cal Worthington. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Oh my gosh! I saw that one. Yeah. I mean, they did a good impression. And, and and someone pointed her out on Instagram and she had a, oh my God, this is actually on the internet reaction. Oh no. Nothing negative. I didn't hear from her directly, but. Yeah, no. There, there is that lesson for something more recent. Your mm-hmm. internet history will come back on you. Yeah, it's a good reminder. You know, you posted so many uh, commercials. Do you have a favorite one? My favorite is one of the strangest I've ever seen. Uh, I have a few favorites I'm happy to talk about. In the early 70s, so with some of the older Alaska-made commercials I've seen, in Fairbanks, they had a commercial character named Granny Hammy. The guy dressed up as a grandma, and he went into a grocery store, proceeded to assault the manager, <laughs> defeat all the other customers, and run away with the cart and escape apparently with the best deals. And then they use this character in for other businesses. Like she's out there hunting with a shotgun and somehow this leads to going to a yarn shop. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, they are bizarre. Um, I, I send you the links, but. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, you said you had a few favorite commercials. Is there anything yeah. Yes, there was, um, there's the Muhammad Ali one. I'm tough and I'm tested. That's why by Ford, I was requested to come up here to tell you how motorcraft auto parts from Ford were tested tough in Alaska. Motorcraft. That one was shot in 1978. He actually traveled up here. Um, he was out at, uh, near Paxson, out by Summit Lake. And it was a Ford commercial, some of their auto parts. And the old guy like, oh, okay. They tested tough. They survived in Alaska. I tested tough. The fun story is, is that Muhammad Ali just had like the best of time. 
He was hanging out with everyone in the lodge. He was arm wrestling them and letting people win to look strong in front of their children and taking pictures like, oh no, you beat me. Apparently the Ford people and the director were being a little too tough on him. And he reminded them that you flew me up here. I'm Muhammad Ali. I drive Rolls Royces. You drive Fords. Let's remember that. Wow. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it, the, like, there's a lot of those kind of celebrity, like weird interactions in Alaska. Like the, I think specifically, it wasn't the commercial, but it was Pitbull coming to Kodiak. Yes. Just like the joke. That's cherished memory. That's always going to be there. That stand that um, stand up is still there in the Walmart. That They're never getting rid of that. No, you can't. It's It's too iconic at that point. It's going to be really fun in many decades down the line where some, you know, great grandfather's telling his child, and Pitbull, ain't the Kodiak, and their grandpa, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care about this dog of yours. It's going to be, it's going to be beautiful. Um, there was one in the 80s. It was for Honda, Honda Civic, uh, their wagon to be specific. And they actually hired a teacher out of Homer, a lady named Rusty Donahue, to be the star of the commercial. When Rusty Donahue went off to teach school in Homer, Alaska, she traded in her 10-year-old Honda Civic for a brand new Civic wagon. Actually featuring her driving it to her school. You see shots in Homer, see a market, Fritz Market that's still there. See East End Road. Only uses it for running little errands. Then they took the liberties and they made it look like she drove to Denali to get some timber <laughs> or, you know, just some firewood. Oh my. Yeah, you see her driving and then you see Denali and then you see, you know, a long stretch of road that's nowhere near Homer because <laughs> this long, straight, flat stretch was. That's not Homer. And these liberties that they took with it like that. Apparently they paid her like a few hundred dollars a day. Oh. Um, Burgess Meredith was in the old Batman show. He did a voiceover for Honda's so good. So they were almost there to getting the whole Alaska experience correct. Like showing her driving little roads there, but then just left. I, uh, I think one of them might've been the Richardson Highway. You see like the car going down, like you're far, you're hundreds of miles from Homer. I mean, they show you Denali, that's not being mistaken. Yeah. No, she didn't drive to Denali for firewood. No, yeah. Yeah, that's something I see a lot. Like they're just so close with like representing like Anchorage and like the area, which is not quite just like missing no. those last elements. Even when they have Alaska people in like as advising and producing there's always some other voice like no it was a log cabin yeah <laughs> We're gonna put it in a log cabin um that alaska daily with hillary swing they put the anchorage city hall in like a log cabin yes. come on yeah that was exactly what i thought when i saw it i was like <laughs> oh i mean not really but you know we, you know i get it and then you kind of said like your favorites are sort of like the craziest commercials you've seen, but yes. do you have, what do you think is the craziest commercial out of like the whole thing? Hmm. There is a series of commercials in Fairbanks that I'm surprised they got away with. Well, Tip Top Chevrolet, 
mm. on again a budget of nothing apparently whatever they could find at the thrift store in their closets they did a litany just a whole series of film parodies so you see them being the terminator come with me if you want a good deal come with you where trust me you see him being Super Mario. Tip Top Chevrolet presents... I'm a Mario. And I'm a Luigi. The Chevio Brothers. Every movie that came through of the time. I'm Robin Hood movie came out. Suddenly they're Robin Hood selling cars. They could depend on the prince of good deals, Robin Hood and Tip Top Chevrolet. There's Star Trek warning, oh no, dangerous, low prices. These are the voyages of the dealership Tip Top. Captain. I'm picking up a signal from an alien dealership. It's crazy how some of these like uh, companies just can like market, can do that, get away with it. Cause they're so, that's kind of the benefit. They're so small that it's, yeah, it's fine. Oh yeah. No one knows it. Yeah. I honestly, I think they should be as famous as Mattress Ranch or um, Cal Worthington, but they're not quite there. Mm. I don't know why. I have a whole bunch of them on my YouTube. Yeah. We got to promote them. Got to get them out there. I mean, people who lived in Fairbanks then love them, but I they need to be as like, you know, meme worthy as like uh, the bad CGI ones. Once the CGI started becoming available and you have the Mayflower buffet, I believe is yes. the one with this bad CGI lion. Hey, you might be okay. This lion only eats good food. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gentleman who made that went on to a very distinguished still ongoing career in Hollywood as an effects person but for you know no budget and no time he made a horrible looking CGI Coliseum and a person about to be slaughtered and a lion that somehow became a buffet yeah that one was pretty crazy for me watching like the first time just like seeing that um CGI I mean the like transition to live action wasn't all that bad but Wow, it was a it was a trip. There's another one where it's aliens looking down at Big Al's Pizza in Fairbanks. And in all of this area, there is only one source for pizza delivery after midnight. Big Al's Pizza, open to 1 a.m. weekdays. There's the one where the guy imagines his nagging wife in a thought bubble above his head. Wonder if I'm forgetting something. Oh, hi, honey. Honey, don't you call me honey. I can't believe you ate at China One Buffet and didn't bring me home any of it. That one, I really think he was pushing it on purpose for the people, all of the people in charge of it, because you see the boom mic come down over the head like it's, a, you know, the room or something. Who are you talking to? But that's the charm of these, whether or not they were really trying to do it on purpose or not, is seeing this complete lack of budget, but still working your hardest to advertise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, early earlier we did touch on um like the different like celebrities, the local celebrities, you know, like Ted Sattler. Get more sleep that count sheep and have another night. Buddy Bailey, Cal Worthington. If you want more for your trade, busy cow. And then also Sadler's has bedrooms, lots of bedrooms. Sadler's home furnishing. Oh, the Sadler that one? Yes. Yes, the Sadler lady. Um you know, uh, you did mention the one about the girl who got embarrassed. She was in the um, 
the kind of that commercial, the, it was the, for the Alaska Youth Forum 2008. Um, so yeah, I'd just like to play that real quick. Hi, I'm Cal Worthington, Cal Worthington Ford, and I usually come on commercials to annoy you with this CRV, four-wheel drive, four by four, 15 down, only two fifty a month. Use your dividend today. But today, I want to tell you junior sourdoughs to attend the Forum of Young Alaskans. That's October 4th at 1 p.m. We will be discussing issues and policies that matter to you. Remember, that's October 4th, 1 to 5 p.m. at the Dean Inn Center downtown Anchorage. Visit youngalaskans.org to find out more. You must be ages 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 to participate. Make your voice heard today. <laughs> Pass the mannerisms down. Yes. Oh, the big gesture. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And that gets that whole, Ted Sattler is a tall, tall man yeah. from Natural Ranch, and she got the the dance down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, um, you know, that commercial, um, because like you were saying. It's our shared language. You could get a group of people at a bar, and if you did the Ted dance, people would, a lot of people would know what you were doing. Yeah. It's crazy because she's she's imitating it very well. I do have to give her that. But um, kind of what the point I'm kind of getting at with this is, um, do you think like Alaska commercials are like different and unique or like one way or another? Because like you see all these celebrities in other states, you know, um, doing sort of the same thing. So like, do you think Alaska has a unique spin on this kind of uh, genre of commercial? I think what Alaska has done different is, is that they've done it with bearer budget and bearer access to equipment or personnel or actors, actresses, trained people trained in the field. So there's an amateurish honesty that comes through a lot of, especially the older Alaska commercials. Um, that's that's much harder to fake. Mm -hmm. and earnestness. You know, it, it's like they're trying to exist before irony. Definitely. Um, yeah, you see that uh, with a lot of them. You just, I mean, especially with the um, movie parodies that you mentioned for the um, Tip Top uh, Chevrolet. They're just like, they're taking what's popular and they're marketing it to their audience. They were having fun, but they were serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, Except for their rapping one. That one was a cry. We're the tip top toppers and we have to come back and show some improvement so you can some slack. First you have to understand that rapping's just a hobby. We can't all look like Larry. I talk as good as Robin. We can do some bragging. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, the, the rapping ones usually don't work out all that well. Oh, I've never seen one of those pull off. So even though we're rapping, there's truth in what we say. We're Chevy Team Alaska. Tip top, Chevrolet. We'll be right back after this short message. Man, I have nothing to do. I wish I had a way to get into the world of media. Hey, hey there, fellow youth. Ah, who are you? I'm the Atme Yeti. Did you say you wanted to get into the world of media? Uh, yeah. Well, why don't you come join Alaska Team Media Institute? As a youth producer, you can learn how to produce radio shows, movies, and interviews. But what about podcasts? We do those too! That sounds awesome. How do I get involved? 
We have a studio at 15th and C right here in Anchorage. You can either drop by in person, go to alaskateammedia.org slash join, or email us at news at alaskateammedia.org. Well, what if I can't make it to the studio? We also offer remote working, so no matter where you are, you can join the fun. And I totally forgot, it's all paid. That's right, paid. So if you're a youth looking to branch out into the world of media, go to alaskateammedia.org or email us at news at alaskateammedia.org. Uh, you gonna fix that wall you crashed through, or...? Actually, I think I see another youth interested in producing media. I'll, uh, I'll catch you later. Okay, see ya. Now back to Madison's interview with Alaska historian David Reamer. Uh, we were talking earlier about um, sort of the what national brands think Alaska needs, like the like tough Ford cars um, and like, you know, obviously like different states have different commercials to reflect their needs. Um, so what do you think maybe like Alaska made commercials tell us about what Alaska needs to be sold? Honest, a lot of the Alaska commercials tell us that they want all the comforts available in the lower 48. They want the variety of restaurants. They want the dish sushi. They want the Mongolian barbecue along with their pizza. They want all the different entertainment and they want all the, every band to come up here. They want it all that everyone else has a little easier access to. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, they really heavily advertise like concerts when they come up because it's a rare, pretty rare occasion, especially the uh, Machine Gun Kelly one. I mean, that was a fairly well-known artist at the time. So It's the old, old joke. The acts that come to Alaska, they're on the back end of their career. They're post-peak and maybe they want to fill out that part of their bucket list to visit Alaska and they want to go touch a glacier. Yeah. We get those type, the state fair type acts. Oh yeah. I, uh, yeah. Every, every Alaskan knows they're like, oh, I can, I can spot like maybe one artist who I know will be at the state fair soon. Yeah. <laughs> Your hit was 10 years ago. We'll see you next year. It'll let you know. Yeah. So one of the commercials that I, I guess from my, um, my kind of childhood that I never saw that you posted that was really interesting when I watched it was the Vaseline clinical therapy commercial. That's a strange one. It's a weird one. So um, I'd like for us to revisit that real quick. What is lotion used for? Is that to make skin smooth or something or what? What are you talking about, my skin? My skin, I lost it a long time ago. Don't you worry about my skin. What you got to worry about is my heart and my soul. That guy's authentic. Yeah. I feel like wow. he, he had some, Makes like, moments. He's like, you know what? I don't care about skin. Yeah, he's, he's fished and done too much. Yeah. The young guy who didn't know what lotion was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my mom gave it to me. And you know what? It made my face smooth. Females touched it all the time. All of it. Because they thought you were just another female. Is it kind of girly to put some lotion on? No. I mean, you know, your hands get dry, they start cracking, and uncomfortable. Put some lotion on, huh? 
Is there a preferred way to put this on? What you gotta do is squirt some on, rub it in, and almost immediately it feels good. From a guy's point of view, it's not a girly smelling product. You know, you don't smell foo foo or anything like that. AM 560 KBOK and 101.1 Jack FM. Sarah and Clifford with you on the hotline. Good morning, Sarah. I got this about uh, two weeks ago, 10 days ago. I've been using it. My hands, you know, they used to be flaky and stuff. Men hands. They, yeah. Now I got women's hands. <laughs> My wife says, you're so soft. Nothing wrong with that. I think he uses it more than I do. And he'll come out and he'll say, look at my, look at my hands, they're cracking. They're ashamed to use it in the commercial for the product. Yeah, it's, they, they look really uncomfortable. They're like, oh, you know, it's, it's good. And then the tutorial as well was very interesting, you know. They, they flew out to Kodiak. Yeah. Spent this money to make a commercial with a bunch of people who are ashamed to use their product. Yeah. It's also interesting because it's sort of a, um, a time capsule of Kodiak at that time. Um, oh yeah, you see real people. That part is real, but I don't know how many references there were there to feminine, girly, womanly, being bad, <laughs> being negative descriptions. Yeah. Like that's not the totality of Alaskan men. <laughs> That's not what all Alaskans are. Yeah. And on that point, like, um, like how often do you think people outside of Alaska like create commercials for the demographic in like Alaska that they think they understood in like a stereotypical way? For decades, you see this really, really clearly in beer commercials. The Alaskan pipeline. <laughs> 800 of the toughest miles man has ever conquered. And up here, quitting time is Miller time. Time to head for the best tasting beer. For decades, you see the men drinking the beer were the men out crabbing. They were the men building the pipeline. They were the men carving highways out of hills and rock and mud. That these were the type of men that drink beer. And if Miller High Life can sate the savage thirst of the men building the pipeline, then it can work for you too in Evanston, Indiana or something. That That is an age, age old. That does go all the way back to the beginning of advertising using Alaska. It's the idea of you go back more than a century ago, they were using people that look like trappers um, and prospectors, big old bushy beers, like I can use this product and survive in the wilderness of Alaska you know, more likely occurrences, you know, these were people, you know, having fun at dance halls in Juneau or Skagway. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about kind of like how these can be like, uh, kind of like remnants of like history, but also like nostalgic. So like, what kind of historical value do you think that these commercials um, kind of provide in your work as a Alaskan historian? Um, in, a, in a serious way, as we were just talking about those perspectives of Alaska, that this is how other people saw Alaska. Um, this is how they depicted Alaska. This is what they thought Alaskans looked like and acted like. That is extremely valuable. Um, you know, in an actionable way, you could say this shows like what aspects of Alaska need to be sold. Or you definitely are coming across of anyone who isn't white in these commercials. 
Um, they're dominated by men. And you see these gaps in this knowledge. You see what that these people don't know Alaska, that if they visited Alaska, they came up here as a tourist, went in front of a glacier, looked at a whale, maybe went to a park and left. Uh, you see the lack of extreme lack of knowledge in what Alaska is actually like. You know, everywhere from the bush to Spinard, the people don't know that these are also Alaska and as wildly varied as they are from even their own surroundings. I see that especially in the Shutterfly commercial. When you're a mug made on Shutterfly, not everyone will get you, but Brian gets you. And that's exactly the point. Because Brian found out the hard way that Alaska isn't an island, even though they put it next to Hawaii on all the maps. I'd say we've all- Yeah, Alaska, there. the island. Um, <laughs> and they're like, the staff is just kind of, you know, uh, letting him believe that. he They make him a mug that's like the island of Alaska. Now, that does reflect a reality for a lot of people who grew up with that standard Alaska or U.S. map big U.S. and then down in the corner there would be Hawaii and then Alaska did kind of make them look like islands and the people who never paid more attention in class or had no more curiosity than that that's all they can remember it's also that Alaska is always off in the corner yeah yeah that that has come a lot I've actually had that anecdote told me repeatedly in interviews oh before I came here I thought Alaska was you know southwest of california no no <laughs> but and i never know quite how to respond to that like that would have been a really easy misconception to fix but i'm glad you shared it with me because that was real yeah and then kind of talking about the stereotypes that you know people have kind of put on alaska um how do we interpret those stereotypes like I guess of the time, um, you know, like by watching these commercials. Um, I mean, right away we see that Alaskans have not been in charge of making much media that's gone outside of Alaska. That's immediately obvious that Alaskans haven't had people in charge of productions. Um, an Alaskan director wouldn't have let some of these things happen that happen on these shows. I know these some of these shows we talked about even have people from Alaska producing on it, but you know ultimately they were like, yes, we know that's real, but Lock Cabin just feels more Alaska. Becomes that cycle then where, if you show them modern Anchorage in a show like that, they're not going to get excited by that. They're, that doesn't really seem like Alaska. Would say someone who lives in Tampa and has never been to Alaska might say, and. And it wouldn't feel like Alaska to them because all they've seen are decades of terrible movies and TV shows. So there is a massive need for more accurate representation of Alaska, of the variety of Alaska. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see another movie about like fighting bears or wolves. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I think we're good at this point. <laughs> um, Survival story. <laughs> yeah, um, and then maybe with the um, hometown commercials, how do you think that they reflect the culture of Alaska at the time? Well, they reflected in that they didn't try and how Worthington didn't go shoot on a glacier somewhere. He could have, 
but he was selling to Alaskans in Alaska. So he shot it, you know, in front of his dealership in Fairview. You know, the ones he shot in Alaska. Pizza Place could have, you know, shot it, you know, next to, well, they couldn't have shot next to Denali, but, you know, they could have gone somewhere next to a mountain and a, and a little pretty stream and tried to say, we're in Alaska, we're beautiful, we're gorgeous, we're rugged and tough, and we make good pizza. No, they made a funny commercial because I knew Alaskans are normal people and wanted a funny commercial. That, you know, they treat, in that way, they treat Alaskans respectfully <laughs> and honestly. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know how, like, every campaign cycle is politicians donning their carts and, and, and suddenly they care a lot about fishing. You've never seen them mention that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you also you do see like the um the sort of like Alaska ruggedness, especially with car commercials around the springtime or the winter time. You know, really pushing the cars that can handle the conditions that we deal with. But yeah, a lot of the realness of Alaska. See, a really powerful commercial for Alaska would be like, how does this handle potholes during breakup? That would be an honest commercial aimed at Alaskans and real experience, not like how do we drive in sub-zero blizzards. Mm -hmm. yeah as like some of the national commercials sort of make it look yeah if if you showed me a you know a car that could handle a pothole every spring without a problem I'm intrigued I I don't need to know about Muhammad Ali tell me how tough it is you know in a parka next to a frozen lake yeah you're not going to be driving your car probably through a frozen lake anytime soon or you know that's not really yeah it's not really on the daily plan and so something I noticed is the mall commercials that you've posted, the, especially the Fifth Avenue mall commercial from 1994. Season's greetings. You know the old saying, ring out the old and ring in the new? The Fifth Avenue mall is doing that with over 19 new stores. With all the variety, you're sure to find that perfect gift. You know, it, it uh, mentions a lot of like uh, non-brand name stores, um, like a lot of candle shops and stuff like that. Well, that candle shops were definitely a thing of that era. That was the Wicks and Sticks was the national chain. And you would buy candles that you would never, ever burn. My wife joke about this to this day. Giant dragon candles that you wouldn't burn. You would just have a giant dragon wax candle in your house. Um, a store that specialized in that. But the Fifth Avenue Mall has always sort of struggled for occupants. Mm -hmm. They've always been a place where a local store could get a chance. So there have been things like a kite specific store for a while at the at the Fifth Avenue Mall. Yeah. Uh, when they opened in the in the late 80s, only a tiny fraction of the stores were even occupied. They had the bad luck of like starting mm. during the good times and then actually opening during a uh, economic depression. Mm. Yeah, what I've noticed is that like you said it's always kind of struggled to have occupants um but then like the advertisements I've seen are like really different from like 1994 to now um so uh kind of like how have the perceptions of malls in these kind of like commercials evolved throughout the past three decades um I mean once upon a time malls were the destination to hang out to shop at a variety of places all at once the internet um the survival of some boutique and like mom and pop type stores has changed that. Um, 
malls just don't have that reputation anymore. If anything, I would suggest that I would be intrigued at your opinion as someone much younger than me. Like, do a malls have a sort of dated field for you? Yeah, they, I get, they do. They have that sort of dated feel, especially in closed malls. Yeah. Mm, in closed malls. Okay, I get that. Because in a lot of the malls, outlet malls you see actually build now are, they have a big exterior component. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the, those are the big ones today that I really recognize as like sort of the more modern ones, because uh, they're getting the new stores. And a lot of the enclosed malls are just getting shut down instead of like getting a facelift or anything like that. Like Northway. Yeah, definitely that one. But yeah, just and then also just noticing the advertisements like there is a commercial for Fifth Avenue, which I don't remember at all from like the past decade. Yeah. And then Alaska advertisements have changed from the 70s until now, but there's a lot that have also stayed the same. Uh, the Twin Dragon commercial, for example. Someone on Twitter once had the fun idea that there should be a like karaoke for commercials, which sounds like something you would see in like a far future movie or in Japan or something. Um, and that would be one of them. Um, the the Bear Doctor campaign commercial from a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. I don't even want to say his name, but I can't, I can't get that Bear Doctor out of my head still. Those, yeah, I think it, it's really the catchy jingles that get it. It is. Um, so why do you think that like commercials like Twin Dragon or maybe like Cal Worthington or, you know, Mattress Ranch have more staying power than others? It's that elusive alchemy of an earworm and earnestness because you can tell like when a movie or a commercial is trying too hard to be a bad movie or commercial you know there's a difference like the mongolian barbecue is 100 percent earnest they've got their catchy little jingle they've been in the same place for decades so they have that consistency you've seen mongolian dragon barbecue for decades you've driven past it you've gone there generations now are going there working that same jingle all these years um that's how you do it mm -hmm. yeah i think the one of the jingles i remember most is sicily's pizza um that one's kind of one from i guess my childhood that really remember that would that would be one the, the phone number oh yes the phone number and that's like especially interesting for an advertisement they're like we're really gonna get you we're gonna get you with a catchy jingle that also like you you know our phone number See, that's effective yes yeah mongolian i all of you know even if i can't remember the words at the top of my head i just go fresh i think they have fresh things there yeah there we go Ooh, i'm looking for something fresh ah twin dragon there we yeah, go like i yes. associate it mm-hmm it's effective that way. Cal Worthington, crazy prices. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then when you put these commercials or kind of, as we said, like Alaska history out in kind of the world, what reactions have you seen with people kind of um, interacting with it? Um, extremely positive. I've had, I'm rather proud that in my social media or history it's always been positive i've had extremely rare to have negative posts or reactions to anything i post you don't see little flame wars going on 
you'll see little fights going on underneath my tweets. Like my Twitter is a safe place. Just come there, get the pretty old school pictures, learn a thing or two, watch a funny commercial, go on with your day with a little bit more knowledge or happiness. Um, people just enjoy these. It's uh, it's that nostalgia, which is, you know, everything wants to make a buck off nostalgia because it works. It makes you feel good. It reminds you of times long ago. All you can remember now is complexity and badness. You remember your bills, you remember your deadlines, the work you have to do. You watch a commercial from so many years ago, all you can think of is, oh, what a fun commercial. I was young then. I remember going to the barbecue and singing the song, what good times. Nice, like, yeah, memories. Yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely. People love seeing these commercials. I, I can repost them all the time. Like, the same ones over and over. And I could post Wild About Anchorage every week and people would be like dancing to it. <laughs> yeah, for me, I guess it's also discovery. Because uh, a lot of these commercials are before my time. And like uh, the Alyeska one you posted was like kind of learning about Alyeska like before like the 90s and like what it kind of looked like, looked like, um, like a place I've gone to a lot, but in like the 21st century, so... It's the best snow for skiing in Alaska in years. And now Safeway presents one of this year's best ski values, the Coca-Cola six-pack ski card. With your six-pack ski card, ski Alaska six times, then the seventh time you'll ski for free. Stop by the Coca-Cola. Much simpler facility. Yeah. Much, much cheaper. The chalet is very much, it's much older. When you go back, it's just that, you know, there's the roundhouse. Yeah. So much cheaper. Yeah. My, I showed it to my mom and she was like, I remember that, uh, you know, like coming, you know, they were here in the late nineties. So like, they remember some of this stuff. Yeah. See that I remember that, that people get that. It validates them. Like this was my experience in finding out that, oh, I'm not a strange weirdo. Other people also remember this thing and was important enough to share. That mm -hmm. has the tremendous value. <laughs> Yeah. And, and can be some of the positive aspects of even something like social media, like unifying in that we all have this, we're all the, living the same lives almost. <laughs> Which could be depressing if you look at it a certain way, but it can also be very nice. I'm, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the positives here yeah. that we, we have more in common. I try to be positive, uh, <laughs> that we have more in common that Maybe we should have a little empathy because we all know the same stuff. We've all gone through the same stuff. We know the same things. Mm -hmm. And commercials are just a weird, tiny symptom of that, that we all know these commercials. Yeah. And then just like, finally, is there anything else like I didn't touch on that you'd like to mention? Just that commercials are always surprising in that they're endlessly varied. They're, we have that we talked on the major themes and tropes, but you never know where some next commercial went because they're, especially as you go back in time, you get to a very local commercials made by small crews and the, the no budget. You never knew where their idiosyncratic intentions would take it. So even every time I post a commercial or find a commercial, I can never be sure where they're going. Um, and, and that's part of the fun to it. Oh, this is a weird local commercial. Where the heck is this going to go? I, I like that about the older commercials. Yeah. A lack right. of smoothness to them. 
Yeah, a little a little um bumpy, but overall very charming. Yeah. yeah. Charming. That's a really good way to describe them. They're like, yeah. they're, they're not polished. They're in many cases not good, not effective. Nonetheless, they are charming. Yeah. Yeah. As you can tell by the number of commercials I've heard for businesses that are long gone. Yeah. That, yeah. They're not, they don't necessarily presage success. The Wild About Anchorage, that was played mostly to Anchorage people. It played on local TV. That's, shouldn't have been the point of the campaign, but yeah. still, it was then still somehow effective because it unified generations mm -hmm. that all saw those commercials since they saw fit to play it for so many years. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me about these great commercials. Um, and like, thank you for posting them online. Um, I'm sure so many other people appreciate the um, kind of recovery of like lost media, especially you mentioned the twin dragon, uh, the full version, which is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was hunting that. I, I knew this is the one I had, which I've also shared as like an anniversary run. So it has a voiceover interrupting the song, which is terrible. It harshes the entire thing. It's like a really bad remix. Mm -hmm. And it was my number one, one of my number one research ones. Um, but they're also hidden and scattered. So I've tried to collect them and put them in one place, you know, into one YouTube channel that, you know, I, it's nothing but labor for me, but it's there in one easy to find place. So anyone else can just go and have fun and share and have mm -hmm. positive experiences. That was at me producer, Madison Knutson speaking with Alaska historian, David Reamer. You can see a lot of the commercials they talked about and plenty of other fun facts about Alaska on David's Twitter and Instagram at ANC underscore historian. And if you happen to be sitting on a treasure trove of Mafia Mike commercials, please reach out. You've been listening to Zoom Room, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music is by Kendrick Whiteman with additional music from Devin Schreckengost. Special thanks to Jordan Kell and Amon Greer for lending their voices to our own local commercial. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to the supporters of our podcast. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thank you to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Abby. Just go to patreon.com slash Alaska Teen Media. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps our stories get out there. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Rowie McCowan. Thanks for listening.